All right, Michael, thank you for coming on the show. That's my pleasure. All right, so I first want to start off. You're over there with the hooks right now. Big question for all of us Astros fans. How are Jordan Alvarez and Jose Arquiti looking? Well, we've seen a lot more of Jordan Alvarez than, than Jose Arquiti. Uh, I've talked to Jose a little bit, and he's in, uh, he's in great spirits, and he's been tossing and running in the mornings. I had not seen him on the mound in like a live BP setting. Uh, but he has thrown some bullpens out there. But uh, Jordan looks looks well, with the caveat that you know we really haven't seen him run the bases yet. Uh, he's play he played in two inter squad games over the weekend, had a couple of doubles, a home run, and and you can tell the bat is there. Uh, he did some some running around, some sprints uh, prior to the scrimmage, but just essentially hit. And even if he hit a double, he didn't run. So they're still being very cautious with his knees. And uh, from the things that I'm hearing from, from Houston, uh, from some media reports, I think it was on the ESPN broadcast last night, they still want kind of 20 to 30 more at-bats out of, out of Jordan. Uh, the Astros will have an inter-squad here at the ballpark uh, today, which is Tuesday. So Jordan will, will probably get at least seven plate appearances this afternoon to, to help him on that path. All right, so, uh, so with Jordan, was it the knees the entire time or was it something else? I'm not sure if you're at liberty to discuss. Or... Yeah, I, it's, it's, as far as I know, it's, it's been the knees. I've not heard anything contrary to that. Uh, okay. But, uh, you know, that's, that's something that's obviously n- nagged him at the end of last year and it led into, into spring training. His action was limited. Uh, and so I, I think that, they're the, you know, given all these injuries that, that have happened, you know, you have a, a three-month layoff, then a three-week ramp up, essentially, to the season. And I just think the Astros are being very, very cautious because they need Jordan when it matters most. And I understand they're struggling right now, and it's a short season. Uh, but, but you have to make sure that, you know, all your eggs are in the basket, so to speak, when it, when it gets to be playoff time. So, like you mentioned, there have been a lot of injuries with this quick restart. You know, they had like a two- or three-week ramp-up period. Um, how are the pitchers looking down there? Just, you know, there's been a lot of injuries, you know, up in Houston. There's been a lot right. of guys from Corpus getting called up. Yeah. Kind of how have they been looking? What's the spirit just around the pitching staff knowing that, you know, at any moment they're getting called up to Houston to pitch tomorrow? I, I, I think for that reason, they're really stoked, you know, uh, because, you know, obviously here at Double A, you're already at the precipice, so to speak, of the big leagues, but even more so here. Uh, because these are literally, you know, the top 30 guys that could go up to the big leagues at any moment. Uh, and, and, and so to, to answer your question, how it's, how it's affected the pitchers here, I think it's really on an individual basis, given what these guys were able to do during the shutdown. You know, you have guys like uh, Luis Garcia, who's out of Venezuela, and a talented right-handed pitcher. This guy struck out 14 per nine last year, uh, had some tremendous velo added uh, in 2019, and is, and is a big-time prospect for the Astros on the hill. And he's from Venezuela. The border was shut down. He could not get back home when, when spring training uh, was postponed or was canceled. And so he literally had to stay at the Astros team hotel in West Palm Beach, Florida. And the only way he was able to work out and throw was on the roof of the parking garage. So it's really tough to to give a blanket answer for that because it just depends on guys' circumstances and what they were able to do. Uh, But, you know, given all the precautions the Astros have taken on the prospect side of things, I'm, you know, I think it's, I'm fairly confident to say that once these guys get the call up, they're going to be ready to pitch some innings for sure. And so speaking of like what guys are able to do, what about a guy like Brad Peacock who had, you know, who was on the injured list, who was supposed to factor into a big part of the bullpen, maybe even start at the back end of the rotation this year for the Astros. What has he been able to do so far in Corpus? 
Well, it's been very cautious from, from what I've seen out of, out of Brad Peacock. He's not thrown a, a live BP session yet. Um, and so I, I, would, I would still think you're a few weeks away from, from Brad for sure. And, and he's certainly a guy the Astros need. You need some veteran leadership out of that bullpen. And that's something that the Astros are sorely lacking right now. Uh, out, of, out, of Ryan, out of the bullpen, you got Ryan Presley, uh, obviously has a tremendous track record. And then, of course, Josh James, who just came down from the rotation. And uh, he's been struggling a little bit. So the Astros need some, need some uh, reinforcements. And, and Peacock is one of those guys they would certainly look to. It seems like Austin Pruitt's going to be shut down for the season. They transferred him to the 45-day 45 disabled, disabled list. So I, I would look for, for Peacock to, to be a big boost for the Astros down the stretch. So I got to say, one of the guys, two, there's two guys that really stood out coming up from the minors that made their debuts this season. Uh, to me, I think to a lot of Astros fans, it's uh, Enoli Paredes and Blake Taylor uh, have just come in and really been just a pleasant surprise out of the bullpen and a much needed pleasant surprise given the lack of experience. Is there anybody in Corpus right now that you look at and it's like, oh, that's a, that's a major league arm right there, it's just a matter of time? Yeah, you know, I, we mentioned Luis Garcia. I think he's one of those guys. Uh, Brett Canine has been is, – is fully stretched out right now, and, and Canine has been pitching well. What? Uh, Canine's out- a starter, isn't he? He yeah. is a starter. He's an out- he yeah. had an outstanding year last year, uh, and he, he went up three levels of the Astro system, started out in low A, was a closer at Cal State Fullerton, and is a guy that just peppers the strike zone. He's got a fastball, slider, curveball, changeup. So he's a guy that could be put into that bullpen, especially in a long relief role if needed. Uh, we've seen CNL Perez out here throw. The Cuban left-hander has been very good. He's got some nasty stuff in electric fastball. So the, the Astros definitely have options. These are just young guys. And, you know, when it, when it gets to be crunch time, when it gets to be – when you get going down that stretch, you need some, some experience. And, and the Astros are hoping these young guys get that experience pretty quickly. All right, so I'm, now I'm excited to see Brett Conine with that four-pitch arsenal come up to the yeah, man. level. I imagine there's going to be just a, a few more guys because, man, the, they're wearing out arms out there in the major league level, so they're going to have to, you know, send down and call up some guys just as the season goes on. Yeah, and, I, and I'm curious to see, you know, the, uh, the progression of a, of a Christian Javier up there. Um, you know, Javier obviously had a, had a rough start last time out, uh, but, but he has been, he's been tremendous for the Astros. Uh, Framber Valdez has looked very good. Given, given the Astros' length, and, and, then, and then Brandon Belak has been another guy as well. So, so the arms are there, and, and you got guys like Brian Abreu who have had rough starts, yeah. and Jose Arquiti, who, who is a, a guy that has yet to enter the, into the equation. So the resources are there. It's just a matter of whether or not they can get going on all cylinders uh, for, for the Astros and, and for the big league club. And I guess the last uh... – Oh, the last guy I was wondering about was Aledmus Diaz. Is he down there in Corpus right now? He is. He's down there. In fact, he, he uh, hit uh, live uh, batting practice uh, yesterday while facing uh, Hector Velazquez. So uh, he's a guy that uh, the Astros are we really going to be. Didn't that, that's right. The guy that they, they just acquired, he was uh, from Baltimore, and uh, Velazquez uh, pitched uh, three years with the Boston Red Sox after a long tenure in the Mexican League. So, yeah, Aledmus uh, Diaz is there, is here, and – He's one of those guys as well that, that really is going to help out. You know, it's, it's weird to, to look at the Astros' offense because on paper they're averaging, you know, five runs per game, yeah. but they've really struggled in, in terms of scoring runs in, 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 in crunch time. And they've lost a lot of one-run games. They've struggled in extra innings. And it's all about that situational hitting. And, and Aledmis Diaz is a tested big league bat that will help definitely help uh, those odds for sure. 
Yeah, I, jo- I started joking about this last postseason, and unfortunately it's carried on to this year. I was like, gosh, we're trying to set a record for runners left on base <laughs> is what it feels like. You know, just I, I feel like I constantly see second and third, first and second, bases yeah. loaded, and just striking out in those key situations. That's where, you know, the lack of experience maybe at the back end of the order. You know, you have Tucker and Straw who are, you know, talented but still very young. Very young. Still, still very young guys. It, uh, back over there so Diaz is going to really help out especially Alvarez when he comes up he's going to really help out because he's going to move kind of everybody I think back so spot in the order I think so and 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 given his prolific year last year you combine his numbers you're done with with uh, Round Rock and and the biggest 50 home runs 149 RBIs and, and he definitely wants to prove that that was no fluke and there there won't be a sophomore slump yeah, I'm, you know, I'm definitely excited to see Jordan Alvarez come back up here. Uh, but the Astros, they have been struggling. We got a win last night, finally, after a while. Yeah, Lance McCullers, huh? Tremendous. He looked re- I tell you, it was weird to start before in Arizona, too, because first three innings, he was awesome. And then they opened the roof in the fourth inning, and all of a sudden, he can't get anybody out. Well, you know, and, and even before the season began, even before, you know, COVID-19 entered into the, uh, into the equation, you knew that it was going to be a big year for Lance McCullers. This guy hadn't pitched literally in, in, in two years. And, um, and, you know, when, when you look at, at, uh, at Justin Verlander and Zach Greinke and, and the guys that they lost, you know, that, that left, the, left the rotation and left the bullpen, you really were going to lean hard on Lance McCullers, a guy that has a lot to prove out there and uh, has, has tremendous stuff, a great work ethic, and, and really – does a nice job of, of pounding the zone. And, and really his importance uh, quadrupled. I mean, it's tough to even quantify how much it, it expanded with the loss of, of Justin Verlander. And the Astros are really going to rely on Lance McCullers. And I think, you know, as, as far as the Astros go, Lance McCullers will go this year. Yeah, I think, so Jason and I have talked about this. I think that the short season is helping Lance McCullers because there were grumblings about how he was going to be, uh, he was going to be on innings restriction coming into the year. I think it was 120 right. innings, but now having this 60 game schedule, even if, you know, let's say he takes the ball every five days and the Astros, you know, go on, go all the way to the world series, he still wouldn't reach that 120 inning limit. So I think the 60-game season really helps the Astros from that perspective because they're going to have Lance throughout the playoff run. Versus a 162-game season, he's done by, you know, the all-star break, maybe August, you know, so you weren't going to have him for that playoff run. So that's that was the one thing that excited me about this 60-game season is, okay, we're getting Lance the full, you know, all the way through, which now is huge because we can't afford to lose a quality starting pitcher. No doubt. And, and, and I think even looking at what he did last night, you know, obviously it's nice to, to have six no-hit frames and ultimately seven one-hit innings and, and to, to snap a five-game losing streak. But just to give the Astros that length and to be able to go seven innings, maybe eight down the road, uh, something he would not have been able to do in a 162-game schedule regardless. And, and that's what the Astros have been most impressed with, with the likes of Framber Valdez and, and Christian Javier and Brandon Belak giving some length out there because this bullpen is in tatters and, and really these guys are, are overworked. Yeah. And the other guy I want to give some props to in the bullpen that really just came out of nowhere is Andre scrub. Yeah. He, he really yeah. just come out of nowhere. That curveball just dies. It's nasty, right? Yeah. Nasty. That, thing, that thing just dies when it gets over to play, you know, it looks like it's going to stay way above the zone and all of a sudden it's at the bottom. It's, what I mean, as a hitter, you're kind of flummoxed in that situation because how do you hit that? No one's really been able to put good swings on him, and he's been 
he and he's another guy who can give a little bit of length out of the bullpen. So the Astros need guys like that. And it was nice last night that they were able to give Paredes, Taylor, Scrub, you know, a little yeah. bit of a break. Now Presley had to come in and pitch the ninth. Um but it was nice just to give that middle part of the bullpen a little bit of, of a break right there because they had been overworked for the past week. No doubt. And and for Andre Scrub, you mentioned that curveball. If he can get that thing over for a strike, the guys just can't score it up. And 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 really, that's that's common. That's a common denominator for for most of the Astros staff, the likes of Anoli Paredes and Christian Javier and Blake Taylor. If you throw strikes, uh, the stuff is going to be enough. And you know, it's so tough for these guys to to internalize that to say, you know what my stuff is good enough to get big league guys out. And I think once they realize that they're going to be attacking more and they're only going to get into, into a, a, a better groove, but yeah, a huge acquisition for the Astros last year for, for scrub. He actually finished the year in Corpus Christi, began the year at double a in the Dodgers system with the Tulsa drillers and came over in the, in the Tyler white trade. So a big pickup for, for the Astros and, and Andre scrub, certainly getting the opportunity of a lifetime to go out there and prove himself in the big leagues after finishing out 2019 at double at a in the texas league yeah. i love that you said the guys have to realize that their stuff is good enough to get big league hitters out because i think enoli paredes had that light bulb moment friday night in the extra inning game because he yeah. just started dotting 97 98 99 the base is loaded man you know talk about sticking your head in the lion's mouth and he does it with a huge smile you know that's what that's what i love about enoli and uh and he's such a little guy where does he get all this power he's just fun to watch pitch yeah, so it, it was really fun to see him, you know, really, really embrace the challenge on Friday night, and he re- he's really looked good. And I'm excited to see what, you know, Jason's been all over him, you know, on the podcast. So I'm excited to see what he brings to the table the rest of the season. Um, but now, not only are you the voice of the hooks, but you also do quite a bit of high school football down here in the Coastal Bends. I do. I, I do. It's been a lot of fun for, for many years. I've worked with uh, CCISD. And uh, we've been bringing uh, the game of the week uh, to, to fans here in Corpus Christi, a lot of our broadcast uh, for, from Buck Stadium. And, uh, and, and given last year with uh, the epic battles between Vets and Miller, uh, a lot of fun to watch. And, I, you know, I hope that, uh, that we can have a high school season this year. And, and I'm, I'm really rooting for these guys to, to, to make it through 2020. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be so optimistic with just sports happening with COVID. I want there to be high school football. And I'm happy you brought up, you know, Vets and, Vets and Miller. So I have a hot take for the high, assuming high school football happens this fall. I think a team out of that 15-4A district uh, with Kyle and Miller and Port Lavaca, I think one of those three teams is going to make it to Jerry World for the state championship. If I'm being Boom. honest with you, I'm thinking Corpus Christi Miller. What am what, I? How awesome would that be? Oh, that'd be amazing. I got the ch- Have you ever gotten the chance to go to the games up at Jerry World? The state no, I've, ne- I've not. And honestly, I'm embarrassed to admit, I've never, I didn't even go, I've never been to a Texas stadium. I didn't go to the, to the previous incarnation. Oh, so, and I'm a Cowboy fan. I just, oh, I, just I just haven't made my way up there. Oh man. So uh, Jerry World is incredible. Uh, so I, so I am not a Cowboys fan, but I will say Jerry World is absolutely incredible. And I got, I went to the five, to the 4A, 5A and 6A state championships last year and it was uh oh it's a blast if you can if you get the chance to make it up there shout out to my friend trey for getting me the tickets um but if you ever get the chance to make it up there it is incredible i i absolutely recommend it but i think miller can get there this year yeah i i think so you know and and they had they had the the team last year and uh you know i just i just love what those guys are doing over there and really 
you know, and, and, and Vets has had success, but it just seemed like the, the Miller Bucks captured this city and, and folks are really rooting for them. And uh, it's a frenzied atmosphere out there at the stadium when those guys are playing. So, uh, but, but back to, back to the, uh, the, the state championship uh, weekend, I, I am glued to the TV yeah. and from the six man stuff. I just, I love all that. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's a great showcase for, for the wonderful product that is Texas high school football for sure. Oh, yeah. I remember last year, it was the uh, 5A D1 state title game. It was Shadow Creek against um, Denton Ryan. And one of the plays went viral on social media because they ran. Do you remember that reverse they ran off the kickoff for the touchdown? I don't. I don't remember that. So it was like in the, it was in the first quarter of the 5A state title game. And Dent, Shadow Creek from Houston had just scored. So they're kicking off. And Denton Ryan runs this. They, you know, they catch it. They go to about the 10-yard line. They run this double reverse. And this guy is just streaking down the sideline for a touchdown, looking like he's running about a 4-3-40. That's crazy. And it's just like only in Texas. What's, cra- what's crazy about it, so yeah, you, you kind of had to be at, at the game to know this or paying close attention if you were watching on TV. But Ryan wanted to run that at the opening kickoff. So they won the toss and, re- and they chose to receive. And Shadow Creek kicked the ball out of bounds, like not purposefully, just, you know, kicker was nervous, I guess. And they kicked the ball out of bounds. And Denton Ryan said, no, we want, we want you to kick it off again. Um, but the execution didn't work the first time. Yep. They didn't, they didn't get to what you it. wish for. Yeah, they didn't get to do it the first time. So they didn't, you know, it didn't work. But then after Shadow Creek scored, they ran it again and it worked. So it was, it was, uh, that was pretty, it's like, wow, they, they were so, the coaches in practice were, must have been so hell-bent on running that reverse. <laughs> well, I can see why now. Yeah, it, I mean, it worked out for him. Yeah. But, no, so I, so that District 15-4A with uh, Cal Allen, Port Lavaca, Miller, Beeville, Alice, and uh, Toloso Midway, that's a monster of a district. So, I mean, three top ten teams in a state in that district. Uh, Beeville, who won nine games last year, not a top ten, but is in that district. Uh, I, oh man, that is that that's a monster. But I think, I think someone in that district is going to be able to make it to Jerry World. That is my like hot take coming into the year, and I'll tell you why. It's because last year to, in the four A state title game, Wimberley made it to the state championship. They lost to Pleasant Grove, um, and Wimberley had played Rockport Fulton and beat them by one point. Rockport was a two point conversion away from winning that game and going on to the next round and potentially you know going all the way to Jerry World. And Rockport's a solid team, but I watched, you know, I watched Miller last year. I watched Kyle Allen. I saw PL, uh, Port Lavaca last year. I think all three of those teams are better than Rockport. Yeah. Um, sure. So I, I think, you know, you, I think they can, I think they can go all the way to Jerry World. That is, so that, that's my reasoning behind it. It's not just me, a hopeful a hopeful well, I, Postal Bend football fan. I can't wait to, to give you a ring and congratulate you on your prediction for that. Oh, man. Yeah, do you think uh, do you think Justin Evans or Danaher will give me a give me a state title ring if that one comes through? Well, you, you might have to go and do some work. Well, you know, while as they're trying to get there, you know, but I'm I'm sure they'd be flattered and and um, they would probably agree with you for that matter. Yeah, I, I, Danaher is trying to get that state championship, the winningest coach in Texas. This is, right. I think, this is his best chance because in the past, you know, being in you know, you know, five a being in five a or formerly four a before we went up to six a, um, you're going against these teams in San Antonio and Houston and Dallas, where the talent pool in those places just so much bigger, bigger yeah. than it is. Like you have teams that have you know twenty D one commits in a year. You know, right. like 
10, 15 power five guys in a year. And now going down to 4A, you're not facing that same talent pool. And Cal Allen's battled with teams, you know, in 5A in the past. So I think now going down to 4A, Cal Allen, I think that they have a real shot here these next couple of years, especially this year, to potentially get Danaher that ring he's been waiting for. That'd be something else. Oh, man, it, it would be, absolutely. So what's a team that in CCISD, that's where you call games, what's a team you have your eye on? Obviously, we all know about Vets and Miller. What's a team you have your eye on or you're excited about coming here in the 2020 season? Well, you know, the Moody Trojans, they, they, uh, they're, they're, they're always one of those teams where I think if they can put some stuff together, and, and for them it's all about depth, and they have some playmakers that can get the ball, and that's one of the clubs I'm, I'm looking at. Uh, you know, the Carroll Tigers hoping to rebound as well. And the King Mustangs under new leadership. So, you know, I think kind of around the, the entire uh, school district, there's a lot of opportunity out there. And I think there's going to be some hard-fought games for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, so in that CCISD district, you have all the CCISD schools except for, except for Miller, who's down in 4A. And then uh, you got Flower Bluff in there. And it seems the consensus and just talking to people and having watched, you know, last year, seeing what's coming back is you got Vets and Miller – uh, you know, they're, they're going to be battling at the top. But those last two playoff spots really going to be up for grabs over there. So you kind of have op- – it's, really op- it's really open season. Moody's the one I've heard pretty consistently that people are – you know, that's their, that's their bit of a sleeper right there. That's uh, I, you know. I tell you, in my Cantus teams, they're always fun to watch, and they're always in the thick of it. And, and I, I, it's, tough to count, it's tough to count them out for sure. Yeah, so uh, so the outlook on Vets this year, obviously they had that incredible win over um, over Miller in the playoff game last year. And it was – their season was kind of wild because their quarterback went down kind of midway through the year, right, as they hit – you know, they had to go Flower Bluff and Corpus Christi Miller back-to-back, which can't believe someone allowed that schedule to happen. Um, but they had to do that back-to-back with a banged-up quarterback. But then they get to the playoffs, they go to the third round. Or yeah, they get or they get to the fourth round. They beat Miller in the third round, a crazy game, and kind of you know they fell flat a bit against San Antonio Warren after that emotional high, um, where it seemed like the whole city was watching against Miller. What can we expect from Vets this year? I think it's I think it's more more of the same, you know. And 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 Cody Simper, obviously the personnel is changing, but this guy is very determined and very methodical. And, and they, they draw from a, a nice pool of talent as well. So I, I think you're going to see some consistency out there. And, 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 and I think they're going to execute. Uh, they're going to be a tough team to, to encounter, especially when it comes to, to district time. Yeah, and then, so their chief uh, rival in that district this year, it seems like it's going to be Flower Bluff, who actually in the second round of the playoffs last year played Warren. You know, they had Warren on the ropes. They were almost able to beat them. They had the ball down four, two minutes left to go. Um, you, how do what does Flower Bluff look like this year? Are they should we we be looking at them in the same light as Vets? Because I feel like we because the Vets went to the fourth round, we put we put them on a pedestal and rightfully so. You know, going to the fourth round. Yeah, I, I I think I think you know in in the playoffs a lot a lot can happen with with these with these close plays and you have such swings of emotion and you know it's it's tough to look at the playoff you know season and say okay well this is going to really dictate what's going to happen next right. year in the regular season so. I agree with your point. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's uh, necessarily a slam dunk to say that's over Flower Bluff at all. Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, Flower Bluff got the win in district play last year, but Vets was without their starting quarterback in that game. So it's a real – I'm very – I'm looking forward to that game. I'm looking forward to Cal Allen versus Miller. That's a rivalry that's really 
developed without them having played each other yet. Uh, that Isn't rivalry. that crazy? And that, that's, that only just tells you what, what the hype is going to be like that week and, 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 and the frenzy at the stadium. That's just – it's going to uh, be great. So I really hope that at that point the corona just disappears and we can have fans in the stands and all that. But if we can't have fans and there's limited media, I'm fine. I'm sneaking into that game one way or another. <laughs> I'm gonna weasel my way. I'm gonna weasel my way into this. Uh, my we're doing this interview via well, Zoom. Mike can't really see me, but I'm I'm six six. I'm a, you know, I'm have to ninja my way into the stadium over there. Well, just just wear a mask and and we'll be all right. Yeah, I think we'll be fine. Um, but, yeah, so I'm looking forward that the Vets-Flower Bluff game, the Miller-Cal Allen game, obviously Port Lavaca versus Miller and Cal Allen. Those are some big ones. But Cal Allen also scheduled a Kerrville-Tyvee uh, on yeah. the schedule, their playoff loss from last year. So I'm, uh, I'm, excited for, I'm excited for that because I think that, you know, Denher sending that message, this is, this is the type of team you have to beat if you want to win a state championship. And he's getting it. Go ahead. Well, and, and it's it's nice to get those guys out of the way early, and 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 I know Phil Danher really wants to see what he's got in the tank with this group, and and a team like Kerrville Tyvee, uh, and and non district is going to really tell you all about that. Yeah, it's really a measuring stick game, and it get you get it right before going into that you know that really tough district over there in fifteen four A. So you 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 get that you get that measuring stick. You get to see where your team is, what you have to what you have to improve upon. Um, Michael, I think that just about wraps it up. Is there anything you want to touch on before we uh, before we let you yeah, go? I, here? I I just appreciate the time and and you guys do great work and I look forward to to listening. All right, I appreciate it, Michael. Hey, anytime you want to come back on the show, you're more than welcome. Uh, we love having you here. Um, and yeah, uh, go call some hooks baseball today. Keep doing what you're doing. We love uh, we love listening to you. We love the we love the the footprint you have on sports here in the Coastal Bends. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, I look forward to to uh, to chatting with you down the road. All right, Michael, thank you very much. You have a great day.